What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 279. On this episode, I'm joined by Soko. Uh, talk about the Patreon, merch shop, social media, music talk, TV shows, podcasts, and uh, each give you five music artists and a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? First thing I got to get to is patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Some say it's the greatest website on the whole internet. You should see for yourself. Um, while you're there, you should sign up and give a dollar or more a month so you can get early access to this podcast. Uh, if you give enough, you can be like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall the Dharma Initiative Bear, it's your boy h2.com, and the new uh, royalty of the patrons, Jackie Daytona. Uh, shout out Jackie Daytona. And um, anyway, yeah, do that shit. Be a co-producer. Um, get shouted out. All that. Also, we uh, have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast. Go there and get a shirt. Walk around with that shirt. People are like, what is that podcast? You're like, you don't know because you're a fucking loser. And, and I know because I'm cool. You know, you can say stuff like that. So anyway, look into it. All right. This week. Calling uh, our, I guess, semi-regular. It seems like I looked at our history about every two months. We have uh, Soko calling to the podcast here. So he'll call in and uh, we both like TV shows and we both make music. And we normally do a top five list of artists we're fucking with at the moment. So, um, you know, let's figure that out. Let's give him a call. Okay. Mic check, mic check. Yeah, you sounding good now. Oh, man, we time traveled for this one. It's December 31st, 1969. According to my call thing here. Oh, shit. Well, hell yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Um, I got my cell phone plugged into the charger. Is it doing any kind of weird feedback? Uh, I mean, this sounds a little cloudy, but it's not like an electrical, you know, sort of feedback. So I think you're good there. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. I know that one time it was a little out of control. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know if it happens. I saw, I just noticed I didn't really finish. Um my list though we're gonna do eventually so i'm gonna do that on the fly later i'm not worried about it but uh how's it been man oh not bad at all man not bad at all been uh having regular days i know uh for both of us we had some special days this week i think i peeped that you and the wife had an anniversary uh correct yes a couple days uh, ago okay okay congrats on that what, what day was it uh the 24th 24th uh man crazy thing about that that is my wife's birthday oh hell yeah so we were celebrating that when I saw uh, that tweet about your anniversary. I was like, man, I wonder if that, because I, I didn't like dig too deep into it to see what day it was or anything. I just saw it. And I was like, I wonder if their anniversary is the same as my wife's birthday. So I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, what do you know? Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, I felt weird. You know, I didn't really post much, you know, on that day because I was trying to have it like a day of just hanging out with the wife. So I think I posted a beat like real early. You know, something came out that day, maybe in podcast, whatever. I don't remember exactly what day it was. I think it was a Thursday. So that was a beat. A beat came out. So I posted that. Then I kind of got off social media. But then at the very end of the day, I was like, oh, I guess I should at least somewhat acknowledge it was my anniversary today to make me seem like a human person. Um, 
But you got to do those human things sometimes so they don't look at you as just a podcast or just an artist. Right. Well, I think I'm a little annoying because I do mainly just share, you know, beat videos, which no one interacts with. You know, that's like my latest thing I've been kind of getting hung up on is I get like, you know, maybe it is a waste of time for me to even like maybe I shouldn't even try to sling beats to anyone on social media. Like maybe that should be separate because like I just get so little interaction on it. And just in general, we can totally get into that, too, because I would say I'm probably pretty down at the moment on my whole creative endeavors getting any attention. Um, but I understand that's just part of the cycle that happens that I go through, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then I, I believe this and I, I don't have any data to back it up, but I also believe there's a lot of people who will interact, but not in any of the ways that you would be able to see. Like they, they may look at it, they may listen, but they won't hit a like, or they won't hit a share. Like they won't use those social buttons Right. But they may, you know, look at it. They may even, you know, click the link and go to it. They just won't they won't do any of the things that let other people know they looked or that they're interested in it, which is weird. But right. I think a lot of people are like that. Like some I haven't announced quite yet. I was going to do a producer challenge. You know, I was going to bring that back because Minx had reached out and uh, she had had a few people ask her about a couple of the beats she had made for it. You know, and I've had a few people reach out over the last year. Be like, hey, are you going to do those again? So I put out a you know a few tweets a few days in a row of like, hey, let's do this. And I got maybe eight producers that were like, oh, yeah, I'm down. But to me, that's not really enough. You know, I don't know. So I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't know if it's going to be really worth the time. And then also, like, I have so many producers on my friends list, you know, that I like their tweets, interact with them. And none of them, you know, or all but eight of them, you know, uh, just ignored it and was like, oh, fuck that. So I was like, oh, no, maybe I'm just uh feeling some type of kind of i mean like i get along with you know y'all a graveyard and certain people but you know you'll see like there's clicks on the internet you know there's like certain little clicks oh yeah and i realize i'm kind of making my own so maybe that's the difference you know like uh can't be a follower if you're a leader sort of mentality um but like i do sometimes feel some type of way when i'm not um included in certain stuff and i'm like i know it doesn't matter and it is probably nothing you know like i'm sure i've made some people feel some type of way off some shit i've said or done that i didn't even realize you know so i know it does not matter but there are times when you're like ah fuck all these people with all their producer tweets but they won't be on my producer challenge i get the same way sometimes there's some mornings where i wake up and i'm like I got a whole map in my head. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm a tweet shit on my account. I'm gonna hop on the graveyard account. And this is the path I'm going to go on. It's going to be great. And people are going to love it. And we're going to get interaction. And I'm going to shout this person out and do that. And then some mornings I wake up and I'm like, does it really care? Who cares? I'm going to post shit. Nobody's going to look at it. Nobody's going to like it. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I taking my time to compose this thought <laughs> that nobody's going to care about? Right. And, and it's just it's day to day for sure. And a big part for me at this moment is I'm on vacation. Right. I took two weeks off work because um, I had three weeks of vacation. And so I was like, well, I'll take two of them. Uh, why not? You know, take this time off. And so um, I'm kind of just saying now, not doing a whole lot. And therefore, I'm not really on social media much this week and next week. You know, I, I doubt I will be as well, um, which sucks. I have a song coming out, which I really need to share and like pump that up. But I just when I'm at home, I don't have. I just see social media so much more negatively, but when I'm at work, you know, like on work hours or whatever, then yeah, fuck yeah. I'll jump on Twitter and share some shit. Cause well, I mean, what else am I going to do? You know, I got on it. I just have like a totally different work. mentality. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. But, um, and I will say, uh, I just have a new song coming out. It's with karma coming out. It should be the Friday after this episode right. comes out here in a couple days. Um, 
on some uh, sweet nasty shit is how I explain it. So hopefully people enjoy <laughs> that. She she's good with that stuff, and you you stay in that lane too sometimes. So I think that works out. Yeah, she's uh my go to, and I've told her this on the you know Internet Friends Three podcast that um you know her being a lesbian woman who also enjoys uh it sounds like you know oral sex on vaginas like I also rap about it just gives it a good balance you know and I don't I don't think I come off quite as chauvinistic if I have a female artist on there also you know, joining in with it. But what's happened is now yeah, it's she, like, hey, she likes it too. Right. And what's happened is she actually sent me a song to jump on of hers for a remix. That's also kind of in that same vein. And I'm like, God damn it. I feel like we're really, maybe we're getting too like repetitive on the same subject, but I'll do of course one for her. Cause I, I haven't before, you know, I'll, I try to do a verse for someone if I haven't, you know, and they've done one for me. So um, we'll make it work, but there are, you know, you have those moments as a creative person. You're like, are rapping about eating pussy too much? Too often. Yeah, I think I think if y'all, as long as y'all are doing it well, like that was just maybe the type of song that y'all just click on, it just works. Like I know, but you know, back when I would follow, like a lot of the artists that I would follow that were mainstream, it'd be certain artists who, when they got together, it was a certain type of song they did. Like it was, you know, it might be a rapper and an R and B artist, and you're like, oh, they're gonna do some for the lady shit, and you kind of know what lane it's gonna be in, and that's all they do together, kind of stuff. Right. And you know, it's. I think you'd be the same way where if that's how y'all click the most and it sounds good every time, why not keep doing it? Cause that damn last time song, that shit, like that's still in my head. Yeah. Like anytime I, I hear the word last or time, <laughs> that song pops up. Like I think you mentioned that uh, possibly in a tweet or maybe I, I think I heard it on a podcast. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, what kind of phrases from songs do you kind of use every day? Some, some in that vein, right. but that I thought about that. Yeah, I think I tweeted uh, how in my head Wilder Valarama said, "Your mama, oh, yeah, your mama, yeah, that head was it." Multiple times a week, <laughs> and there's some, plenty of phrases like that where I were like, "I'm just like, God damn it, how have I not shook that out of my head in fucking that ten years? It's still there." Um, yeah, those moments definitely happen. Yeah, and I will say the song with Carmen coming out is definitely like a, the spiritual successor to last time. You know, it's very much in that mode. Um, me trying to sing, but I can't, I, but I do have a couple good lines that I'm like, well, those are too good. I'm doing a whole song because a couple of those lines are so good. And and I'll do that. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Fuck it, man. Just run it. Just run it. Yeah. I, that's awesome, man. I've been trying really hard to just record stuff, you know, just get stuff out, um, you know, record it onto my beat. Cause I think my beats are pretty good. You know, uh, a lot of rappers uh, will take it negatively if someone just tells you how good your beats are when you show them songs. But when you are also a producer, it doesn't matter. You're like, well, thank you very much. Um, you know, in Internet Friends 3, a lot of people were like, you know, they really thought the production was good. So I'm like, I really just need to do more on the beats because people aren't really listening most of the time. You know, some people are, of course, like today, Forgotten One hit me up and was like, hey, I'm re-listening Internet Friends 3. And, you know, these few lines really stood out. They're really good. So like, I understand some people will get to it eventually or, but in general, most people don't care as long as it, they can vibe to it. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think initially too, when a project comes out, the people who want to support you and just really fuck with you, they're just going to, they're going to play it no matter what. It could be in the background where they're doing something else. They're just going to play it just to support you. But then, like you said, at some point they come back and are like, all right, let me really listen to this now. Let me actually sit down and, maybe headphone it, you know, instead of just having it blasting somewhere else. Right. And, you know, then they catch those lines, they catch those songs that maybe the first couple of times they just heard in the background, it, it wasn't their favorite, but then it's like, 
damn, I, I really kind of like this American Dream song. Like before, it was just kind of okay, but now I'm like, damn it, it might be my favorite. Right. I mean, that's definitely how it's been. You know, I don't really know which songs are my favorite on it. You know, um, that that's a tough one. Obviously, Hey There, you've got on a bunch of playlists, so it's gotten a lot of listens. And I think Hey There is great. It's just not representative of my normal style so it's hard for me to be like check out this one you know but i understand it is cool and it has its own like i don't want to say folk ish but it kind of is you know it almost has that that vibe to it it's different i i wouldn't i don't really know like a lot of times like i'll i'll, I'll submit the playlist some weeks and like i try to do it by keywords i'm like okay this nobody's working out to this. So it definitely <laughs> don't need to be a workout playlist that I'm sending it to, but I'm like, okay, maybe positive vibes. I can kind of see that. Or, you know, it's not melodic, but it kind of is because of the hook. I don't know. You know, it's, it's hard to place it. Right. But I do enjoy it. I like it. I think it's a good song. Yeah. I would say run it up. And then the song with Maki Lax, uh-huh, yeah. uh, both of those for some reason, I just think because their, their beats are a little more fun. Those have, uh, stood the test of time for me a little which i mean i think all the songs are good i don't think any of them are bad to be honest yeah i i say the same like i i think it's overall a great album but uh run it up yeah i I would i would consider run it up and the one with mikey blacks like i don't even use the word but like those are bops like if i had to say what a bop was to me like from stuff i listen to like when run it up comes on like that's a bop you know i it's just it makes it feel a certain way so yeah definitely something special with that one I want to double back before I forget on um, yeah. the producer challenge. I know you say you're thinking about not doing it. Didn't like three, two or three tracks end up coming out of that? That ended up on Internet Friends 3? Um, or am I mistaken? No. I no. know there was a Minx one, and I thought there was like a... Okay, now I might be thinking about a sample you use from uh, Stromarese. Right, yeah. I mean, maybe Internet Friends 3 has collabs, but they weren't part of the producer challenge. Um, I think CJ uh, Jones okay. had, you know, a beat he made on the producer challenge he made into a song. And same with Omnis and Art, I think, had a beat he made that eventually became, a, you know, some things like that happen. Um, but none of the beats I made for him, I don't think I've done anything with any of the beats I made for mine. Um, okay, okay. Now that I think about I it. Still I still think you should do it. the producer challenge, though, because even if you said, what, eight? Yeah, How like, many did you have the first time around? One of like 10 or so, if that. Right, but only about half the people will submit. will get something in. Ah, I got you. Like, That's just the people who are interested, not locked in. Right. And so, I don't know. And maybe people don't have time, and it is a waste of their time. You know, like, uh, I'm definitely in beat-making mode, and I understand I don't sell near enough beats for how many I make. And, like, in producer Twitter, you know, people would be like, if you're not selling them, you need to focus on marketing and shit. But to me, it's just buying ads, you know, and I'm not saying I'm against buying ads. I have done it and I have seen some success here and there um, when doing it. But I just I don't know. I just I care way more about making them. And I just feel like if I stop making them, I'll, I'll like in the journey, you know, so I'm like, I'm just going to keep making the beats and I'll just keep uploading them. And maybe it is a waste of time. But someday I'll look back and I'll have 500 beats and then I can just figure it out then. You know, if I need to change strategies. So I'm not real worried, but I, I mean, like, I'm like, fuck, I have a whole lot of beats and I think a lot of them are really fucking good. Um, so maybe I do have to figure out some marketing stuff and maybe they're not good. That's another thing. You know, I go back to some of my early shit and it sucks. And so I'm like, maybe I'm still in some of this is going to suck when I listen in a few years, but I think some of them at least are really good. That was, that's what I, that's the point I was going to make was, you know, with you making them and consistently making them. I don't think anything's wrong with building a catalog because, I mean, you never know when you might get that, you know, that one rapper who's either 
or even a, it don't even have to be a rapper. It could be a singer, you know, whatever. Cause your, your beats are versatile. I think, you know, I think we still haven't heard truly what somebody can do on those beats. Right. You know, we, we've heard really good things because of you doing the collab project. We've heard okay stuff with the people who bought them, but you know, it, a lot of times you don't really know um, the word I'm looking for, man. The, the potential, you don't know the full potential of a beat until you get somebody who really puts their full and all into it. And then you're like, shit, I never would have thought I'd hear that today. You know what I mean? Right. Like some, like you, you think about some of the greats and if you strip their song or their vocals away from the beat, you're like, well, that beat really doesn't sound that special when I'm just listening to it until I hear them on it. And now when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, I would, I would probably flow like that too. But before that, if you just listen to the beat and keep them out of mind, you're like, well, I don't know what I would do to that beat. I definitely wouldn't have did what they did to it, though. Like Lil Wayne, he's done shit to beats that I'm like, I, I just don't like it, but I love what he did to it. Right. I mean, you know, perfect example. Love Lil Wayne, and uh, that's how I'm, I'm trying to emulate more because he would just put out so much shit, and some people would be against that, but I know I grew up loving it, so I just need to mm-hmm. focus on it. And I'm, I have a plan. Eventually, I'm going to go back through it. I'm, I'm going to pull some of my old beats and try to use them, you know, the ones that have been in my store for a year plus um just to prove myself that like no no they're good see i made a song with it you know like that's in my mind what what i might do so we'll see um so how's your music coming along man i know you had you got a some equipment i don't know how your setup is or if you've looked at that any since the last we talked i hadn't done too much with it i actually speaking of you being on vacation the next two weeks i'm taking one of my secret vacations oh nice. i actually had that on a list of topics to talk about so started on my wife's birthday she thought I was just off on her birthday, but I actually been off since, but she doesn't know it. And she didn't listen to the podcast. So I ain't worried about her finding out, but that's what I do with my vacation time. I don't tell them I'm on vacation and I just spend more time with them, but then they don't ask me to do special shit. Like I still have time to do my own shit. Cause I can be like, oh, I'm at work guys. Got to work. And then I'll come in here and I work on music and shit. And I'm just like, Oh, it's just slow today. That's why I'm working on music and other shit that has nothing to do with y'all. But uh, anyway, I'm on that this week. So the plan is starting Monday. Uh, I'm going to go back to the songs I recorded. I heard some good shit on that uh, episode you did with, I mean, I feel like I'm going to mess up his name now. Is it VBZ? Yeah, VBZ. That's correct. Okay, cool. All right. So, yeah, VBZ. Uh, just some of the stuff y'all talked about as far as the mixing part. I, I don't know this for sure, but I honestly feel like most of the issues with my vocals at, on the finished product is to do with some of the shit I'm doing to it in the mixing. Cause I, I'll be the first to tell you, like, I, I didn't study this shit. Like when I started recording, I just, I, I recorded shit and I play with shit till it sounded good in my ear. And then I was done and I was like, yep, let's see how it sounds. And I didn't have monitors. So I would do the shit on headphones. And by the time I moved it over to something with big speakers, it was like, Oh, well, that doesn't sound as good. And I go back, mess with it again, come back to the speakers. Okay. That's better. I think I like that, but then I wouldn't remember the settings I use and shit. So on the next song, I'd probably go through it all over again. And it, it's, you know, it's a trial and error thing with me. Probably should be more uh, professional about it, but I'm not. I enjoy, I enjoy the final product and hearing just what it sounds like the best it can be. I'm not a big fan of writing. I want to get it done. And I want to hear, I want to hear how the shit sounded in my head before it was ever done. Right. Like I can hear the whole song in my head before I write it. And so I'm like, I need to hurry up and write it. I need to hurry up and record it. And I need to try to get it, you know, sounding the way I can hear my voice. The beat's not overdoing me. I'm not overdoing the beat. 
it ain't popping speakers. And I just want to hear if it sounds like I heard it in my head. Uh, but some of the stuff y'all talking about is sharing with the vocal mixing. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying because I feel like it'll help out with, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it, but by the time I'm done, my vocals sound like they're too centered and they're not, they just don't sound as full as I think they sound. Right. When I, uh, well, when I'm finished. And I think it's got to do with some of my settings that I use. Yeah. Well, something I noticed on your, I mean, you, you do kind of your mic or whatever captures that air noise, you know, they're like, we're all trying to avoid. Um, and so, and, and there are ways to try to take that out afterwards, like we've mentioned, uh, on that episode with DBZ. Um, but anyway, it also kind of sounds like maybe you add like delay and reverb on top of it. So it just like, uh, what's the right word? Like, you're just like folding up th- that, high end hissing noise. So like you're just making more of it by adding Amplifying the it. Right. And so for yeah. instance, on the something I'll talk about here in a moment. Um we're doing this late night flows remix EP. And on your verse on that, I just had to cut out like everything above 10K uh hertz. You know, because like it's just so and, and then I can kinda now I've added some distortion to kind of get you like like you're just coming in kind of on that horror core shit, I guess, or something. Like a little different. Um but yeah, I mean, it is all trial and error. That is correct. Um, and then something it took me a while is like, for it's right now me talking to you and I have the same settings whenever I rap. My input, not my gain knob on my uh, audio interface for me right now is sitting at like mm-hmm. 20%, maybe. The knob's really low. Like people would look at it and be like, that's not near loud enough. And it looks kind of low when it's recording, but it, you would rather record it low and then stretch it out, in my opinion, than try to record all of that. Ex- if you turn it up, it's going to get all that air noise. You know, it's going to pick up something to fall in across the room and then you're going to just be making. I don't know. I just it is all trial and error and every setup's going to be different. I mean, that's you know, I've been doing this. Doing a podcast helps me a lot because I get, you know, I'd fucking what do two or three of these a week fucking around the microphone yeah, so and, mixing, and you're mixing some kind of vocals even though it ain't the same as music right it's still like, kind of the same yeah you're you're learning you're getting a few skills in there so um i don't know it definitely see you know and you're you show me your interface it's the same type as mine well mine has four inputs and yours has one but it's like a, the same brand so i'm assuming it could all work and then also there's a lot of shit in your doll like i don't know what you record in um but you know you might there's also settings in there, you know, you might want to check whenever it's recording. Um, like I, I find new shit every time I'm, I'm working on something. I'm like, huh, what does this do? And it, and that's another thing. Like I, I just try shit. Like I'm never like, Oh, I'm only going to use this. I'm like, well, let me see how it sounds with this. All right, let me turn it off. All right, let me turn it up. Right, let's go to the left. Let's go to the right. Like, and I, I should really keep a running list of like what actually works best or works better. But like I said, I'll end up doing it. I'll like it or I won't like it. And then the next time I do it, I'm like, damn, what did I do last time? Or what did I use? And that's terrible. But, right. you know, well, it's honest. As far as your vocals being thin, um, something I feel like I've always been decent at, maybe not always, but for a little while I've been decent at it, is I'm pretty good at taking a one take thin vocal of me. And then you just go, you add like a widener. I mentioned distortion, some saturation. But if you do a little, like a widener at the end, um, it really helps a lot. I think um, to me, that's how when someone sends me shit that's layered, I'll just add a widener on mine. And then it and I the one I have has um, 
I think it's an ozone imager too, if anyone's curious out there. It has like a little graph you can see. So instead of it being this little spike, it, you know, opens it up uh, and you can just visually see like what it's doing. And so like it makes you feel better. Like, okay, that's not as thin because look, it's wider. Now, I don't know if that's placebo or if it's doing something, but it makes me feel good. And I've had plenty of people be like, how did you get it to sound so clear off that one take? You can tell it's one take. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I just compressed it and widened it. Kept on doing that shit. Um. I don't know, I'm no expert. You know, I'm I'm slowly maybe getting there someday. Um, at least an expert at mixing my own stuff, but uh, willing to help anyone. You know, any internet friend. Out I there. still still good info nonetheless, man. Like I said, that that episode as I was listening to it, that I was taking mental note. I was like, okay, some of the shit they're mentioning, I don't know that I've used it the right way. I should be widening shit instead of narrowing it. Maybe that's what's fucking me up. You know what I mean? Like. Just a little shit like that. Like I said, I'm, I don't know if it's laziness or just, it's not the way that I learned, but like, I can't go on. Like, I know you said, you, you know, you figured out a lot of things by going on YouTube and just watching stuff about it and then applying it. Like I've got to apply it and fuck it up and get it wrong. And then some, at some point get it right. And then I'm like, okay, I know how to do this now. And it's, you know, it's a trial and error type thing, but well, it works for me sometimes. And a lot of stuff is said on how the producer mixes stuff. Um, you know, on the beat that you're using. Um, like, I don't know, we get a lot of songs submitted to the music podcasts and uh, like we have a episode coming out, I think the Friday after this um, with Kurt Thiz is back, just so everyone knows. And he, one oh, thing no. he always gets annoyed at is whenever vocals sound just like the beat and like it gets under his skin or whatever. And I hear it all the time where like someone gets a beat and their vocals are like the same frequencies. They're like, yeah, we'll just mix that together. And it's like, I don't know, I want it to kind of stand out myself. You know, I want them to be different things you know something i i for instance i always side chain uh my melody to the vocals that's why i mix my vocals in the same project file as my beat so that whenever the vocals come in the melody goes down just a little bit and when the vocals go out the melodies come up just a little you know so like it's kind of tricking you a little bit um instead of just things being laid on top of each other now other people would claim just lay shit on top of each other make it as loud as possible you know that that wave file should be a fucking brick. You know, there are, there is a school of thought for that. And I mean, and I don't know who's right. Sometimes I'll get those brick files and I'll play it. And I'm like, this shit sounds good as fuck. And sometimes I'm like, this sounds horrible. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there is a right answer. It depends on the song. Sometimes I reckon. Right. Exactly. Um, so I mentioned the late night flows EP. Uh, so something that happened originally, my plan was I was going to put out this song with, karma that's coming out this friday and then i was going to do this other song that i decided to push back to my my album i'm kind of working on and then uh i was gonna do a late night flows remix and just do this little three song ep and put it out but i have i've scratched that instead we're just doing the song with karma is going to come out as a single and then we're working on the late night flows remix and at the moment i think i have seven artists that have submitted um versus maybe eight seven or eight and then there's two more people who claim they're sending me something before june 30th so we will see if they get it to me or not um if so if they're good enough i'll add those as well and then i'm just going to do a whole ep of just remixes so i'll do one with you and sir nasty it'll be the you know the graveyard remix i'll do one with brad strex and coop is like the bxc remix i have a forgotten one in mountain line who are both from san antonio so i could just call that like the san antonio remix and then 
you know, just add some couple people. I might make one that's like the official, like who I think's the best two verses, you know, besides me or something. And then, of course, we'll have the Mega Mix, which is going to have all the verses and it'll be about 10 minutes long. Um, and I don't maybe this is the dumbest idea ever, but I kind of think it's fun. So it's happening regardless. I, I like it. I think it's creative. I thought it was dope when it happened with the nobody like me. I like having multiple versions out there and hearing it come on and being like, oh, man, which one is this? And just waiting for that little difference. Like, I think that's cool, especially when it's a good song. And if you like the song, you know, sometimes it, you can't have too many versions of the song you like. Right. Well, what so, I did I mean, on the the graveyard mix of Nobody Like Me, you know, I went in and changed the melody. You know, I changed it. Yeah, from, you, then you had, you had like some bells in there or something. Right. It was like some ominous. There's some ominous tones in it that aren't in the original. Right. And so my goal, we'll see if I pull it off. You know, I want the mega mix to to be the beat the way it is. You know, leave that the same. And then if I do like a remix, remix, because certain ass, you'll definitely be one on the remix, remix, because his verse, he killed it. So he'll definitely uh, he's going to be verse two on the official remix if we do one of those. And then, um, you know, I would keep that on the same. But then all the rest, you know, for Graveyard, I'd make y'all's more ominous. Probably something similar for Brad Sturex and Coop. And then, you know, if it's a San Antonio mix, I feel like I have to get some like, you know, La Fiesta music or whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel like I just have to try to change up some melodies, make them all a little different. Um, and that could be fun, but it could all yeah. not work. So we'll see. No, I, I like I like where you're going with it, man. Because like, <laughs> honestly, when, when you first were talking about it, I just thought it was going to the only thing that would be different would be the different verses in it. But if you're going to tweak the beat, too. Like, yeah, I, I think that just makes it even better. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, uh, the main melody actually on that beat right now is from a guy. I don't know where he's from, like the neat uh, Netherlands, maybe or something. Um, he sent me the loop when I was asking for uh, melodies for Internet Friends 3. So, you know, I'll try to keep on some of those so he can get a percentage, you know, but some others I'm definitely going to replace it and see what we can do. Um, so anyway, that's our, that's our catching up on the music. So everyone be looking out for that. Um, what, what TV shows you've been watching lately? A TV, I actually made a list of some recent stuff that I've had going. Uh, I started and finished Snowfall. Uh, and I, I gotta agree that it's as good as people have always said it was or say, you know, say it is. I, I liked it. I've heard Real of gritty. it, but never watched it, you know, but yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah, if you, you know, if you can deal with trying to think of how to describe it, like, like there's dark shows where like dark shit happens, but it's like, oh, it's dark, but it's kind of far-fetched. So you don't, it doesn't really affect you. But then there's dark where it's like, oh, this is dark and realistic. Like this shit is happening like around me probably, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's that kind of show where it's like, oh yeah, this shit like really happened and really does happen. So um, it's just different in that way. Uh, and I've never seen The Wire, but I imagine it might be similar to how The Wire was for people. I don't know if you ever watched that. I mean, I'm, but I've heard. I have watched it. And I like The Wire seem to like this. Yeah, I'm, I've watched The Wire um, and I'm currently on season two of The Wire watching it with my wife. I got her to finally give it a shot. But season two is the worst season, in my opinion. So it's kind of a slog at the moment. Gotcha. Well, Snowfall, man, if you know, if if you get to you know, watch the first couple episodes and you feel like you're into it. it I liked it. You know, I, I thought it definitely, uh, it lived up to all the hype people gave it. Uh, another show on FX that I restarted because I, I started it a few years ago, but 
from season two, because at the time that was the only season they had available on back when I had cable, it was on demand. Um, but it's a show called Mr. In Between. Uh, and it's almost like Barry, but uh but over in fuck, I, I think he's Australian or something like that, or it might be in the UK, something like that. He's somewhere else, but he's right. like Barry. He's a hitman who's kind of, you know, it's not the only thing he does. He kind of has a regular life too, but he gets his hitman shit on and it's it's got its funny ways to it. It's not as much of a comedy, but uh it's definitely got funny moments to it. So I've been enjoying those too. Oh yeah. And I would say for the wire, the for people that haven't watched it, <clears throat> the thing that separates it, in my opinion, from every other show, is that the creator, uh the way the story goes, is that he went and spent time with the Baltimore Police Department and also with the Baltimore criminals organizations and like really done extensive research, or maybe he wrote for the newspaper there for some years. Either way, he he really got both sides of it, right? So when you're watching it it's not just like a cop show and they're going after criminals and it's not just a druggy show, you know, the drug pin show and they're against the cops. Like you're seeing both people's perspectives and you actually understand like both sides reasoning pretty well. And then really at the end of it all, you're, it's always like some political bullshit. That's really the problem, right? It's always some rich elitist causing the problems, but you're just seeing the soldiers in the game, you know, going at it. So to me, that's what makes the wire good. Where normally, a show chooses, are you on the cop side or are you on, uh, you know, the criminal side? If that makes yeah, sense. and I can see, I can see that being real good where they actually, they give you a reason to almost root for both sides. Right, exactly. Like, and you just you end up torn. Yeah, and, and the, some of the acting is just really good. Like, uh, Bubbles and uh, The Wire is, because uh, we were watching, I was like, fuck, I forgot how good this is. <laughs> like, this dude's such a good, like, I hope he won all the awards. Like, you know, I don't remember who won awards then, but I hope he won all the awards, ever that actor is. Um, I've been watching Dave. I just watched, uh, you know, the first three episodes of that. I watched the first episode, then forgot it came out, and then I watched the the two newest yesterday. Is that the one that's based on, it's based on the rapper? Uh, Lil Dicky, yes. Lil, Lil Dicky? Okay. Yes. I've heard you talk about it before. I've never seen it, but I know I've heard you talk about it before, and I know you enjoy it. They're, what is it, season three they're on now? Uh, they're on season two. They're only in season two. Okay. And, um, gotcha. I like it, and I will probably always watch it because I'm a big Lil Dicky fan. You know, I I think uh, the song Pillow Talking is the best music video YouTube, like modern YouTube music video video ever. I just think they spent a bunch of money on it, so the uh, graphics are good. And then as far as like my belief system, Lil Dicky aligns a lot in that. And, you know, so I don't know. It's just really good. It's my shit. And, uh, you know, I think he has other good songs as well. Um, and he's pretty funny. Now, I didn't really like season one as much as most of the hip hop rap Twitter community did. You know, people love fucking Dave season one. Um, and I was like, it's a, it was all right. You know, I just, and I, for whatever reason, I kept comparing it to Atlanta because I love Atlanta, but it's not, it is different than Atlanta. 100%. Now I will say so far season two to me is way better than season one. Like I like the fact, uh, you know, not to spoil it too much, but season one, he's trying to become famous and get a record deal. You know, season two that has happened. So it's just, I don't know. You kind of just get the role with it. You know, you come in, just go and it's not having to set up anything. And um, now this third episode you'll see people on Twitter have kind of, they it's divided the internet a little bit because him and Benny Blanco, who is a great uh, hip hop producer for people who don't know. And uh, they have a friendship on the show that is very like homoerotic. Right. But they're very, I mean, they're straight men, but they're <laughs> yeah, like, but they, 
They're like, hey, can you take a look at my butthole? I think some weirds in my butthole, right? And now I find this extremely funny. When I watch it, I the gay stuff does not make me uncomfortable to the point that I, if anything, it's opposite. Like I love it. Like I'm just like, oh my God, this is so funny how like much they're playing into this. Um, but I do know some people um don't enjoy it. And then even Gata, who's uh like Lil Dicky's black friend, who really is like my skinny. You know, like when when I watch that show. And Gata says something. I'm like, fuck, he really is like he, you know, skinny's my Gata or whatever. And, um, you know, Gata's like, I don't get down that gay shit, you know? And so, like, I mean, there are people that think that, you know, and they kind of had this brief conversation of how like, well, black men aren't allowed to act gay because of white privilege and the Mandingo fantasy of whatever, you know, like, you know, they're getting all this crazy shit and you're like, oh man, this is getting crazy and deep. But at the end of the day, it's a dumb comedy show. And so I don't, it's, it's good. And she's like, all right. Like I enjoy, I think I'm the same with it. Like I enjoy like dick jokes and stuff in TV. I wouldn't enjoy them in like real life. Like if I was interacting with another dude, like I wouldn't want to do it in real life. But I, I think it's funny as fuck when I watch it. Right. Well, the way I uh, was trying to explain it to my wife because we were watching the scene. You know, in that scene, uh, Benny Blanco is definitely the one who's like he doesn't care who sees him wanting to touch old Dickie's balls or whatever, right? Because it's not sexual. They're just friends and they're being funny. And that's his perspective on it. And he's like, who gives a fuck? But Benny Blanco is also like a millionaire producer, right? I think that changes your perspective on a lot of things. Um, and little Dickie feels uncomfortable because his black friends are there, right? And so he's like, no, man, they can't. They wouldn't understand. They don't get it. And then the black people are like, yeah, bro, you are weird. Now, to me, if it's me, I don't want anyone touching my dick and butthole if they're my friend, but if I have two friends doing that in the room, it would not bother me at all. You know, if that's y'all can do what y'all fucking want. I don't give a fuck. But yeah, I would say like, I, I just don't like people touching me probably, you know, in general. And uh, I've yeah. never had friends that were like that. So it would probably make me a little uncomfortable, but it didn't make me uncomfortable. You like I said, watching it or being around it. Yes. Yeah, I, I know there's like, there's people who couldn't even watch it and see the humor in it. And I'm just not one of those people. Like, I, I see the humor in like a lot of things that I wouldn't necessarily do or say or get into in real life, but I see the humor in it when I'm watching it. Like, right. I get why that's funny. Well, to me, the funny part, um, and is that like, it's meta, right? It's kind of like the way I love the office, right? Like I've, I've mentioned this all the time, but like the office, you're not supposed to think Michael Scott's funny because his ideas are funny. You're supposed to think it's funny because he's inappropriate. He's so serious. Right. It, he, and he also, He's very serious about his ideas, too. Right. Like, so like, if he says something racist, you're not laughing at the racist thing. You're laughing at him being racist. Like, you know, like those are different things. And so to me, that's what this is. You're not necessarily laughing at the gay stuff. You're laughing at how uncomfortable it makes people with that. You know, so like the humor I get is I go to Twitter and someone's like, no, nah, fuck that. Will Dickie's being gay. I don't like that. Like to me, that's it's extended the joke, you know, it's took it to Twitter. It's meta now. Like I can laugh at you. Cause now I know like you, you're uncomfortable with it. You know, like, I don't know. I just, there's something about that. And maybe I'm making that all up in my head, but I'm like, yeah, that's real art. Some real art shit. Goes to another level. Right. A couple more shows I had listed, uh, just to fire off. Oh, it's a, one of those gritty type realistic superhero shows on Netflix. Kind of like umbrella Academy, but it's called Jupiter's legacy already got canceled. So I'm never going to watch it. Oh, are you serious? Then I'm going to do a season two? Nah, people hated it when it first came out and no one what? watched it or gave a fuck. And so, yeah, oh, I mean, like, I loved it. Within two weeks Damn. of it coming out, it was announced it won't have a season two. And Netflix never does that. Like, that's how bad the numbers Oh, that's are. messed up. Yeah. Damn. 
Well, I'm, I'm on the wrong side of history on that one because I fucking loved it. Who knows? I, I mean, was like, maybe if enough fans come back around, you know, and it gets numbers, they could bring it back. But yeah, I, I, to me, it looked shitty. I'll be honest, and maybe that's what did it. When I watched the trailer and I saw the top, it looked like a shitty CW show to me, and I was like, nope, ain't happening. But I, I you're not the first person I've heard say it's good. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's it's way grittier than like CW shit. Like I know what you mean as far as like the. CW style, like it's it's way it's way closer to Umbrella Academy and uh, what's the one that Watchmen that came on uh, HBO. It's way more closer to that. Right. They like, just happen. They have superpowers, but it's. I think what hurt it, yeah. um, and I could be wrong because maybe no one watches Amazon Prime, but I watched Invincible on Amazon Prime, and then I watched the trailer for Jupiter's Legacy, and it looked like a live action version of it, but not as good. You know, like. Your dad's this asshole superhero and you're and it follows this kid who's going to I don't know. Like it's very it was very cliche um, set up in the trailer. You know, I can say when you watch it, it might have been totally different. Um, but and it, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't break any molds. Like it's not like this. But if you like stuff like that, then I don't think, you know, I think it's enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't like break the boundaries of what the mind conceive superhero television to be or anything like that. Sometimes I forget that like most people I would say aren't like me or you that would watch a variety of different type of television shows. You know, like if I made a list of all the shows I've watched, it's a crazy variety, you know, but some people are like, no, no, I only watch superhero shows or I only watch detective shows, you know, around like some yeah. people are really into their genre of choice and they don't really stray far from that. So I get why you need them or whatever, why you need more of the same shit. Any other? Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, I went back and started watching uh boondocks from the beginning. I hadn't watched that in a while. And I, I know they, they were talking about bringing it back last year, and then I think it got canceled again. But I, don't know, I always enjoyed that in the same way I enjoy South Park. Like, it takes uncomfortable topics and just goes full into them. And, like, it, it makes them – it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, oh, but that's real life too. So, you know, right. that makes it even funnier or it might make it less funny, depending on who you are. That was an adult swim show, right? Yeah, it came on adult swim. See, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have comedy – uh, or Cartoon Network until I don't know, I was like 15 or 16. So I just, I missed it early on. And then I've just, I've, I downloaded the Little Wayne episode because I've, like I mentioned a million times, I'm a huge Little Wayne fan. Um, and, you know, I've seen episodes here or there, but I've never sat and watched the whole thing through. They got it on uh, HBO Max. That's what uh, made me go back to it. I, I hadn't seen it in forever just because I, you know, I, I didn't never go back to Adult Swim or anything to watch it. But, right. HBO Max, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I can binge that. It's a cartoon. It's short. You know, just one of those quick 20-minute episode-type deals. Uh, I like those short shows sometimes. Right. I uh, love Rick HBO. and Morty was another one I had listed. So I went back and watched season four, but I haven't been able to uh, catch season, the season five, episode one yet. But I'm excited for that. Right. I'm going to try to wait probably until they're all out, and then I'll just binge. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Like, cause I, I hadn't tried to go to the Adult Swim app. They didn't put it on Hulu the next day or anything. So I was going to go ahead and just watch them as they came, but since Hulu doesn't have it and HBO Max doesn't, I was like, you know what? I'll just wait for the full season. I I can't bring myself to go to Adult Swim's streaming site just for that. Like, I don't know. Oh, something I will recommend to everyone, something I watched six months ago or so and uh, talked about on podcasts is there's this reality show called Alone. And the newest season of it is on Netflix. Um, and it's great. It's fan. The newest season, I think, super, super good. Like, 
I don't know if it's super. There's just one guy who I really like or whatever, right? So it's uh, definitely, I would say, a, a white person show. But I think a lot of people could enjoy it. Um, they more they drop off these people in the middle of Canada, you know, up where it's fucking cold as shit, and they have to survive a hundred days. And if they survive a hundred days, they win a million dollars. And they have like ten items. This isn't no fake survivor bullshit where it's like you know they got camera crews around. Like they are their camera crew. They have they've trained them how to set up their cameras and tripods and all that. And they're really out there alone. And uh, you know they're trying to hunt animals and find shit to eat and fish and all this other stuff. And there's like seven seasons, I think total, but the newest one, uh, the two newest are on Netflix. Uh, but the newest one just got added and they're just, I don't know. I just think they're so good. And I, it it started out as my, like the show I put on to go to sleep. I don't know how people are out there. I, I just had to have a show to go to sleep. And so I go, I go through them and that became one where all of a sudden me and the wife were like not going to sleep because we were like, well, fuck, we got to watch what happens at the end of this shit, you know? And, uh, it's just really good. And I love the way even the idea of how it's made is interesting to me. Like they send these people out, they tell them to film their own stuff. And then some editors way after the fact are editing together these episodes. You know, it's not like and then they have a challenge and then they do this. It's just like people surviving. It's really know. happening. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's something about it being real that like makes it way cooler to me or whatever. Um, so like, you know, if someone kills an animal you know, like for instance, I, thought, I don't know if it's this season or another one, but someone like kills a porcupine, right? And so like they're real excited because they have meat to eat, but then they gut it and they notice the liver spotted and they're like a spotted liver, I guess, is a sign of disease. And so now you shouldn't eat that meat, but that person's like having to make that decision. Do I just throw away this animal? I just kill it. Right. Or do I risk it and go for it? So it's, uh, I don't know. I just find all that really good. That's interesting shit. I just, I've never, I've never been into reality shows as much as like fictional stuff like it's it's hard for me. Like I never did Survivor, I never did uh, also Big Brother. Like I've tried them all, and like I don't know, it just it's it's never hit that part of my brain as far as entertaining. But I I get a lot of people love them, right? And to me, I think you know I remember when Bear Girls became popular in Survivor. Man, I didn't really watch those, but I I went around would start to it was like when it came out that it was all fake. You know, it was like actually there's like a whole camera crew right behind there or whatever. So I don't know. Again, there's something about this being real. Um, yeah, I'm like, man, this is danger. Awesome. Yeah, like, uh, I'm like, naked and afraid, isn't it? Isn't it more realistic than yeah. some of them? Yeah, or yeah. is it kind of I okay? It uh, yeah, I feel like they had their own cameras too. Um, yeah, they like, I think an earlier season, it was like season two or three, they of this alone show, they had uh, like couples, like, it could be like you and your brother, or you and your sister, or you and your wife, or whatever, you know. So, like, they just had couples, but one person had to start where they were going to camp at, and then one person got dropped off 10 miles away with just a compass that said, Go to 87 degrees north on your compass, you know, and that's their direction it is. And uh, while walking, like, one kid, he one of his 10 items he brought was like granola bars, which like no one ever does, but he was young and he was waiting for his dad to make it there, or whatever. And then in the middle of a night, a bear tried to get into his shit like into his food oh, so he shit. was like nope i'm out of here and they had to like pick up the dad and be like yeah your son already quit um <laughs> and the dad was like so disappointed yeah and the dad was so disappointed about it too it was like i felt real bad for the kid but anyway oh, you never know what's gonna happen with Sloan show so that's my recommendation for anyone out there needing shit to watch um nice and also have you been listening to any podcasts yes uh my my main podcast go to besides yours uh, I listen to the Joe Budden podcast. So that's every Wednesday and Saturday, and that's yeah, a lot of that's drama. How I usually, I get right. 
recently? Yeah, uh, recently, two of his uh, co-hosts, they, they did like a split and it was kind of cool because it gave you kind of a look like behind the scenes, like business wise of how things like that can go. Like, and I, I understood his point, but I also understood their points. Like they felt like they should have ownership in the show. But in his mind, he was like, I've been doing this shit since before anybody cared. So why would I, why would I give y'all ownership of anything? Like y'all can get money off it. Y'all can be considered like employees and yeah, we're friends. But I'm not just going to give it away to you. Like I was doing this. It, it'd be like, you know, you've been doing this since you and Pow Wow. You started from the ground up. If it started making money next week, like hand over fist, yeah, you'd include the people who are with you in it, but you're not going to let them have ownership of it because right. I mean, you've done all the shit. Like right. you, you made it. I would say right <laughs> so, now, if like something crazy happened and we made any, like let's say the Patreon blew up and we had like ten thousand a month, right? Which I don't think would ever happen. But let's say if that did. I would start giving every co-host an appearance fee. I would give every, like I would pay everyone to be on it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't give out percentages of the podcast. Yeah, you wouldn't give them ownership <laughs> of it or, you know, you still want control of the thing that you started. And but I think, you know, people, a lot of people felt like people are also against like, that's, that's a thing. People are like, you're not supposed to do that, but I would, I mean, because I don't have other podcasters on, I have like just my friends on, you know? So it, it is a weird scenario, but then the other guys go and start their own podcast. I think they did. I think I've seen something about it. And the, the crazy part is they, they always said they weren't, that they only enjoyed podcasting because they were on his, that they never want a podcast on their own. But then the first thing they did was start one, you know, after they split from his. And it's like, well, obviously kind of didn't want to do it. Like, you can't really have it both ways. Like, I can't say I only want to rap when I'm featured with Mo, but then like, all of a sudden I'm doing my own album. It's like, well, obviously you wanted to rap. Well, I mean, more control. Maybe this is the old professional wrestler fan of me, but I kind of viewed this as it was just probably all set up to try to get them likes on their new podcast. And then, and they want to own something, they can own that one. And I mean, it'd be like if Snappy was leaving this, we could stage a good, like he got pissed and now he's off on his own, but it could all just be bullshit. You know, like I don't. And, and that was kind of his, that was his stance on it too. He was like, I've always told him they can go get their own shit. Just don't, but no, I'm not going to give you a peace of mind. Like, Go do your own YouTube, you know, if you want a piece of the YouTube revenue, go do your own whatever. You can always go do your own thing, but don't just try to get a piece of what I've already done. Right. Well, I just think Joe Bunch should start a podcast network and should have gave them their own show. You know, something like, again, that's something I would love to do if I had the money is I would just have a podcast network. And then instead of you coming on a pod, probably a podcast, Mo would be no more. It would just be the podcast Mo network. And then each co-host would be its own show or something like that, you know. The snappy hour. And the crazy shit. He he does have his own podcast network, but they didn't want their own show. They crazy. just wanted a part of his. That was because it's the most popular one. Like the thing that starts it. You know, if you had your podcast network, a podcast with Mo would probably still be the most popular podcast on it. Right. You know, yeah. no matter how popular the other ones got, you know, people would give them a try because they they would fuck with those on the strength of yours. Right. It's the same with Bill Simmons. The I, others would never be. Like I listen to uh, Bill Simmons podcasts religiously and a lot of other podcasts from the ringer network, which is his podcast network. But most of them I do not listen to because I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. here for Bill Simmons, you know, or whatever. So I exactly. Same shit. You're for the main event. And so any others? And, uh, other? Than, yeah. Other than that, it's all wrestling podcasts. Uh, there's a guy, Conrad Thompson. He has, um, he does like a series of podcasts with just different people that used to be in wrestling. Like it's behind the scenes people, former wrestlers, referees, stuff like that. Where like 
he's just getting stories and stuff from them. And each, you know, each episode might be, they might be covering a show or, you know, a, just some different thing that happened. And sometimes they'll do like watch alongs where you can watch the actual, you know, you'll watch the whole thing with them. And they'll comment during it and shit like that. Stuff like that. That's, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. So if it gets me more into watching shit, especially older shit, then, you know, it just makes the experience even better. Cause even though I saw that thing from 1996, back in 1996, now I can go back and watch it again with my new eyes. And I'm hearing funny comments and shit on it from people that were there. And, it just adds a layer of coolness to it. Kind of like the office, uh, ladies podcast. Uh, you can go back and, you know, watch an episode. It just adds a little extra layer of enjoyment to it. Exactly. You I mean, get behind the scenes shit. We're talking about the office ladies. Exactly. What I was going to mention, I love that podcast. Um, now it helps. I've seen every episode of the office. I don't know, at least 10 times. You know, I'm, I mean, it might be more, but it, at least that. And so I at least am familiar enough when I'm like, Oh yes, that episode. But, um, it makes it after you listen to the office ladies, you go back and watch them and it makes them even better. Cause you're like, Oh, I know all this yep. extra information about it. Like it's so good. So, um, I've lately been, and I've, I brought up my podcast a little bit. I've been really into like informational podcasts, you know, like not news necessarily, but like, uh, like the revisionist history. I brought that up a long time ago and it just came back with its new season. So, um, those will be happening where Malcolm Gladwell just brings up a topic, you know, like I've famously talked about is a, like episode three is about Wilt Chamberlain's one year of trying the granny shot. And it was the best free throw shooting year he ever had. And how oh uh, yeah, he just wouldn't do it because he didn't yeah, nobody cool. would do it because right. of, yep. Oh uh, man, that, that shit was good. And so I got really like a podcast like that, that, uh, you know, I think another one of those episodes that I've talked about here is, um, they looked at Mexican immigration and how it actually got to the way it is now, whenever this Marine Corps dude got put in charge of it. But back in like the 60s and 70s, Mexicans would just come and work and then go home. But then when as soon as they started cracking down the border, Mexicans would sneak in and then not go home because it was too dangerous. So it's like they tried to fix a problem, but they might have made they it. created the problem. created a problem more. Yeah. Yep. So like I just enjoy revisionist history because it looks back at, you know, just random events. And it's like, let's take another look at it from this another perspective. I just think it's really good. Um, and then after I listened to every episode of that, I was like, I got to find more that's just somewhat in this vein. Not that all these necessarily are, but um, radio lab is a very popular podcast that, um, you know, looks at just random stories. Um, like there, there was the most recent one I listened to was called the rhino hunter. And it was actually a, a re air of an old one, but it was, uh, you might remember the news story of the guy who paid a whole bunch of money to kill a black rhino back in like 2013 or 14, something like that. And it became this big news story because all yeah. the PETA people were like pissed about it. But like when you dive deep into that story, what happens are these uh, animal sanctuary places. They, they bit off that money or they bit off the, the ticket to kill one of them so that they had the money to support everything else. You know, it's like it's very yep. beneficial. And then also there that rhino is not like the prize possession. It's like the old one. And when rhinos get old, they try to kill the young ones. You know, it's like it's just being protected. Like it's they're gonna need to kill it anyway. So you might as well charge some rich fuck a bunch of money to do it. Have to make some money. <laughs> like, oh it's it makes so much sense when you listen to it, but then like the animal rights people like fight against it, you know, when it's like so I I just you know, the, the public story never has it never puts that slant on it. Right. You got to you got to dive deeper into it to understand the benefits of it and not just the where they're killing an endangered animal right. side and, of it. And rhinoceros has been my favorite animal since like fourth grade. So like I love uh, rhinoceroses. Um, hey man, bebop and rock steady. I believe that was that rock steady. Uh, that was the rhino. I believe you're right. Or was that bebop? No, I think it's rock yeah. steady. I could be wrong. Fuck. Maybe it is bebop now that you're 
question. God damn it. Okay, I haven't watched Ninja Turtles long. That's what kind of that's what kind of got me into Rhinos. It was Ninja Turtles. Really? What and it, then Spider-Man had one too. What it was for me, and I know this is uh, so dumb and cliche, but uh <laughs> I, I had a teacher that had this big speech she would give and it's even dumber now thinking where she was like do you want to be a cow or do you want to be a rhino cows just sit around and eat all day and rhinos take charge now now that i'm adult and i realize that like rhinos do about what a cow does there ain't fucking much difference to be real honest um yeah, yeah pretty much the same they just look cooler but i remember her doing that i'm like yeah that is rhinos are pretty cool you know and for whatever reason through that i just got interested in rhinos and always like which is zoo you know and was like oh yeah they're pretty cool um Maybe because I'm fat, you know, and they're fat, but they're like a cool fat where elephants are like not as cool fat. Uh, anyway, um, other podcast listeners, mainly uh, basketball ones besides, you know, those things. Uh, let me see. I'm looking at my list here. Oh, the Tim Dillon show. I, I mention all the time, but he's just one of my favorite shows. You know, he's a just one man show just ranting on against the world. And I enjoy that a lot. And um, also I've listened to the Nate Land podcast a whole bunch. I mentioned this comedian nate bargazzi a few times on the podcast um some people may already know who he is but he has a couple specials on netflix and then after i watched his most recent one i was like man that is like the funniest pg shit i've watched in a long time you know like i do not like pg comedians you're dry comedians or whatever they call you know like i I enjoy a comedian that goes blue myself so when i watch this i was like i've never laughed this hard at someone who doesn't do dirty material and then so i went and he had a podcast that came out at the beginning of covid um, so I've been going through, I'm like on episode 20 or 30 of that and everyone's just really good. Like he just has such a, like I said, it's all clean. Like, I don't know. It's weird again to me because I don't normally like that, but he just really, uh, hits the nail on the head. And on this podcast, he reads a lot of reviews and questions from people that write in and he can't fucking read worth shit. So it's just really funny hearing him try to read. And I'm like, man, this dude's so good. But anyway, uh, so I, I recommend I- that one. I'm excited for uh, the day when when your podcast gets to the level where you start getting like, you know, ask Mo anything type episodes. Right. Yeah. I, I think stuff like that on podcasts is always good because you, you just don't know where it's going to go. And then, you know, the, the podcast host, their personality is what takes it kind of to the next level. You know, it could be a simple question, but they can, you know, they can make it more entertaining with right. the answer. And that's that's always fun. I like I like episodes of podcasts like that where. Right. I mean, you know, the audience takes control to a certain extent. I mean, the thing I missed the most about powwow, I mean, the, the earlier episodes was that powwow showed up with a list of shit to talk about that I never seen. And so when powwow's like, oh, I want to talk about this, like I could give a genuine reaction. But like that happens sometimes with, you know, calling guests. Y'all might have something to bring up that I don't know. But in general, it's normally music. And, and that's that's yeah. fun to rip on for us in music. But I think a lot of listeners are like, I don't give a fuck about music. So I do enjoy when people bring up just some random shit. But I understand that's like hard to do when you're not on a podcast normally, you know, for your mind to be in that set of like, what's some random shit I'm going to bring up on a podcast. <laughs> Whereas, and I think about that yeah, all the not time. Everybody, every day. Right. Yeah. It's it's part of your daily routine. Right. Uh, trying to keep shit interesting. All right. Well, we went long on all that, but we'll try to end uh, semi quickly here on uh, <clears throat> a little top five artists. Now, typically uh, we just shout out five artists each that we're fucking with at the moment. I only have three. I forgot to put some under. I normally put two underground people and three people I don't really know. And, uh, you know, not necessarily mainstream, but not underground in my world underground. Um, and then you normally just go all underground people. You don't have to, of course, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but did you make a list? 
I did. I'm I'm actually gonna go with my five mainstream, which I guess in a way it probably would most people would look at it as like who I would think of my top five rappers or whatever. Right. And it it's honestly for me like and it's so cliche, but they're the ones I listen to. Like I, I can't lie and like say that I'm into some of the stuff that is the most popular right now, because I'm not. But the ones I'm going to name, like, it's going to be like, oh, well, everybody names that person kind of shit. And it's like, but it's real for me. Like, that's yeah, that's who I enjoy. That's who I listen to. to. Like, before we get uh, into the music thing, though, and I know know we're going along, but I did want to bring this up just because it is current events and it just happened. Did you see anything to do with the George uh, George Floyd murder verdict and conviction? Um, I just, I mean, I saw 22 and a half years. He gave a strange statement about how more information is going to come out that he hopes the family takes solace in or something. And I mean, those are the only two things that really stuck out was the, the sentencing and then his weird statement. But I don't really know much about it. Yeah. I just happened to catch it on the feed. Uh, Cause I, I knew it was going on. I didn't know, you know, how far down the line it was as far as court and things. And in all honesty, like I, I just didn't expect any kind of, punishment or anything like i'm just used to it being you know viewed as some kind of you know this one i i guess is different because you you really couldn't view it as any kind of uh top defense like the normal i fear for my life is what the usual thing is that gets used you know i was i was defending against you know something that could be happening or a weapon that might be there whether it's there or not so i mean it's i was more hopeful that it you know at least something would come from this and that it wouldn't just be well, he's a cop, so you know they got the right to kill if they see fit, kind of thing. So right. I mean, I, think, I thought it was cool that it didn't go down that way. Right. I think pretty early in on all this stuff, it seemed pretty obvious to me that they were throwing uh, the officer under the bus, the Derek Chauvin. You know, they're very much like, no, that's not how cops are trained. Like it was different in that sense because typically uh, cops do all stick together in this. But you saw a lot of people come out and be like, I would never train that, and where they, it did it seemed like things were turning, you know, where they're like, Oh yeah, this guy is going to get in trouble for this. Now I didn't think it would be that long. I thought they would have probably went a little more lenient on his charging, but there's also a part of me, um, you know, I can't help, but want to look into all the conspiracy theories you hear, right? How like, that's not the real guy. If you look at the picture of his mugshot and the picture of the guy doing it, they put in an actor and it was all a false flag scenario to drum up, you know, like, I don't know. I just enjoy all that sort of talk about it how like you know maybe it was all plant because maybe in george floyd agreed to this for some payment to his family because his you know he wasn't necessarily in the best position in his life like again i don't think any of that's true but i've heard enough people say it that it's hard for me not to um think about all that stuff <laughs> whenever all of it's being talked about i'm like or it's all fake and we're all just being spoon-fed what they want us to believe um because you know conspiracy theorists man it's fun yeah, it's there everywhere. That, like when that damn, uh, what is it, a condo or something that dropped in Florida? Like uh, the the whole the whole building structure just came down, and like the the first couple things I saw about it were, oh, this is fake news. This didn't really happen. I'm like, I just don't know if I would jump to that with a building falling. Like, right? I don't think people. I don't think they would falsely report a whole building falling, and it's real as can be. But I'm just like, God, man, that, the urge for people to say something's fake. That that might be, and I know he probably gets attributed with a lot more shittier things, but to me, that's the the worst thing that uh that Trump left with people is the fake news thing. 
Like, I'm sure he wasn't the first to say it, but he damn sure made it like in more people's vocabulary. Well, I, that's that's like, I think, I think Obama fake. started it, to be honest, which I think is the funniest part. Obama or Hillary were the first ones to start using the term fake news. And then Trump just took that shit and was like, oh, yeah. I'll show you how to use the word fake news. Um, he really took it to an, an art form. Uh, well, yeah. Shit on fire, baby. The, the conspiracy theory stuff or the thought of it all, like to me, whenever, and I wish I remember their names, it's just there's been so many, uh, you know, unarmed people killed. But whenever that 12 year old black kid was killed with a toy gun or whatever, like yeah. within like three seconds, like the cops showed up, just shot him. You know, there was no anything. And this happened, you know, years ago. Once no one gave a fuck about that. I was like, it doesn't matter. And like, to me, I don't see how George Floyd's case did set off because he was uh, a grown man. You know, I don't know. I just felt like for some reason there'd be less sympathy for that scenario than it was for like a child and these other things that happened. But for I some think, reason, it I just, think it was a, I think it was the way he got, it probably would have fell more into the, this is the same old shit that's been happening. I think the way it was done, Almost like not a choke out, but you know, I guess as close as you can get to a choke out without it being a choke out. Like, right. I think people can sympathize more with somebody like gasping for their last breath and pleading not to be killed. Like, when you know, somebody gets shot, they're shot, it's over. Like, there's no, I mean, just like there's Eric no pleading. Gardner, I mean, I was done. all for that yeah, one as well. Choked. Like, he got choked out for selling cigarettes. I remember the whole time I was like, and we're cops are out here to kill people for selling loose cigarettes this is crazy you know and to me that's where it's not i mean it is a race conversation don't get me wrong because you look at the statistics and of course uh, the, the discrepancy of the amount of time violence and and deadly forces used on uh, black or minority people compared to white people is just higher uh so like i know a lot of people are like white people are killed too and i'm like yeah that's a problem i don't think any like they shouldn't be killed anyone in my opinion that like in in these scenarios in which they're unarmed or you know um it isn't warranted um but I mean, people are just going to make it. They make it a right where I'm like, this is like an authority. This is the man against the people. Like, I don't know how do you all not see it that way. But like it is it does always come back to uh, a race place. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I instead think instead of a cops position of authority versus citizen place. Like I'd still uh, like, I don't know. I guess it's different because I'm like cops are here to protect and serve. And I don't think anyone believes that anymore. Right? I think that's just a fun line. We all think but like. Yes, you can call them. They will help you. I'm not saying they won't. And there are plenty of great cops. You know, you'll see us all the time. But there is also an element to it of like they are trying to take you and take money for or catch you doing stuff so they can get money from you. Like there is a whole business aspect to it all that makes it all corrupt. Like they just can't avoid that part. Yeah, anyway. yeah if they were if they were not if they were nonprofit organizations, <laughs> it, it might be run a little bit better. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Exactly. Um, all right. Anyway, real quick, um, into our music shit. Uh, yeah, and it, it is, like I said, this won't be long. Like I said, most of mine are cliche, but I promise it's 100% true to me. Like, it, it just is what I like. Yeah, and I, I I really only have three, and then I'm just going to wing it. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, who do you got as your first uh, mainstream person there? Uh, number one, and I honestly believe he's the first rapper I ever listened to. Uh, I remember my uncle having his CD, and I played it so much he just gave it to me. And that was, like, before me. I was at the age where I didn't have my own shit. Like, I, I don't know. You you were our only child, so you, you know, you were the only kid in the house. Like, I was in a house with my mom, my grandma, my aunt, my uncle. Like, he had all the cool older kid shit that, and we, we were only like, I don't know, fucking eight years apart. It was one of those, 
one of those uncles that wasn't like an older, older uncle. Right, more like a cousin. Like, yeah. Yeah, more like, yeah, we felt more like cousins or like an older brother type scenario. So he would get the cool shit like the video game systems and stuff, and I would just piggyback off of his stuff. Um, but Tupac, uh, he had a Tupac CD, and I listened to it, and I, I just really thoroughly enjoyed it. And like, I wasn't, I wasn't out, you know, in the streets or hanging out or anything. I wasn't at that age yet where I could even fully grasp some of the more street nature stuff. I just, I really enjoyed the delivery. And then as I got older, like he's the only he's yeah he's the only rapper I ever like felt like I was taking advice from like in life situations I'd be like huh what, what Tupac song would relate to this and what would he have me do in this situation and it sounds silly but it's why I can almost sometimes understand like how some of these kids they'll idolize you know rappers that I don't listen to because I'm like one if I'm older than you I, I I can only enjoy you so much it's just the way my mind is. And that's probably not right. I should probably just enjoy music for music, but I also listen to shit people are talking about. And if I relate, I relate. If I don't, I don't. And uh, I just felt like I related to a lot of the shit that he talked about and the way he felt about things. And I, I enjoyed all his songs, um, even the stuff after he died when people were like, oh, it ain't the same. I was still like, I don't dislike it. You know, I, I've got songs that aren't my favorite, but I don't think I've ever just skipped the Tupac song, even the ones that are, you know, kind of other people just, throwing his verses in, um, even those I ended up enjoying. And then as far as career-wise, I really enjoyed the way he, to me, he kind of started that trend of bringing your crew with you and having people who aren't necessarily the most famous when it comes to being rappers on songs with you all the time, even though they're not the big names. Like, he always featured his people and his clique, and I like that shit. I always thought that was cool. Like I might not listen to any of them individually, but they're always going to be on his shit. So I'm, I'm going to end up hearing them anyway. So he'd be well, my number one as far as mainstream. That last part was, it's just very West coast at the time. That's how it was for sure. Um, oh, yeah. I, I enjoy Tupac as a person. I think he's a great actor. I think he's awesome. Uh, and I wish I could just lie, but I just don't lie. I just never, and I've listened to his music. I get it. I think it's good. I think it's well made. You know, like I don't have anything negative to say. I just, for whatever reason, it just isn't something I put on to drive around to, or like, it's just not something I would go to, you know, but I think he's awesome. I watched his hip hop evolution show, you know, and I'm like, yeah, he's so important. And uh, I just, I think his interviews are probably the best. Maybe, I mean, maybe 50 cents are pretty good too. You know, there's a few other rappers, but you know, he's one of the best interviews out there. Um, He was very charismatic, great actor. I mean, he was super, super awesome. Um, But for some reason, and maybe it's just the era of rap music and I'm a little younger than you of, it just doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't hit me like that. Like, and now exactly opposite. I liked all Biggie's songs or not all. I like a lot of Biggie songs, but him as a person, I'm like, he seems like such a douchebag. <laughs> like, I don't like him, but I like his songs. Whereas then I like Tupac, but his music that, I don't know, just never hit me like that. I mean, I get the, yeah, and, it, and, that, and that's the thing about music. Like everybody's music doesn't hit everybody. Like, that's why like, I don't get like, like there's, there's always been rappers who come up and become like the most popular and people are like, how can you not like this person? I'm like, I just don't <laughs> like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like I listened and it didn't, it didn't touch me. You know, it just wasn't meant for me, but he's got millions of other fans. So why, does, why does me liking them matter? I will say I like Tupac's like songwriter songs, you know, like, uh, you know, like there's a genre of music, called singer songwriter and uh and, like from like the 70s and 80s and shit and like tupac has like brenda had a baby and, like there's certain ones like his real shit i think are really well made and i can sit and listen to and enjoy 
him how well he made this song, but all of his like yeah, uh, how it was put together. Right. Like all your like let's ride to this shit. Um was just never, I don't know. I just didn't like, I liked Hail Mary, I guess, when I was a kid. That was always on some mixtapes. You know, like, there were some songs here. California Love, of course, was uh, the jam at the skating rink. But I don't know. I just, I, and I'm, again, I'm also not ever the top to claim I love something that I don't. You know, like, unless I'm like right. the number one fan of something out of all the people I know, I'm normally like, I like it, but I'm not like the biggest fan. You know, <laughs> but where I'm, but if I know like I like this more than anyone I know, I like really, really ride for it for whatever reason. Um, I like your mainstream stuff. Mine is not mainstream. Mine is uh, rappers probably no one's ever heard of, um, but people I listen to quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I like to shout out some good white rappers uh, because I am probably a little racist. There's a lot of white rappers I'm not the biggest fan of because I think there's a corniness and uh, uh, there's a a something that comes with a certain type of white rapper that gets underneath my skin. And so anytime I find some that aren't like that, I like to shout them out and list them a lot. And so uh, the dude I've probably listened to for about the last year, I would say, is this dude named Chris Young. But Young is spelled Y-O-U-N-G-E. And um, he's very, very dope. Let's see if I can pull up. Uh, Chris, the traditional spelling or can you do his with a K? No, no. Gotcha traditional spelling and um you know as soon as when i pull up a picture i'm like uh you know i could see um like he has a song ego that like you could see the picture i'm like oh yeah he looks like a guy i would hang out with so maybe i'm just biased on his appearances but he has uh the cool white dude flow i don't know you know rap with uh some swagger shit like that and so i really like ego there's a scene there's a few other songs i've liked of his tone was the first song i heard of his that i was like oh man this is my shit and you know i started following him after that so i guess if there's two songs to highlight it would be those um but i mean he has less than a hundred thousand monthly listeners so i'd say that's still pretty small um i think he's very good so be on the lookout for that guy something else that i've and I, I don't have any facts to back this up. It's just my own thoughts and shit. <laughs> like the, the monthly listeners for Spotify, that, I figure, I guess if you divide it by four, that's the actual listener. No, no, you divide it by that 28. Are, and that's the actual. Monthly. Okay, so it, it accumulates it by the day, yes. not by the week. For instance, like if okay. I get 30 yeah, people to listen on Monday and then 30 people to listen on to the same 30 people, it says it's 60 people. It says 60. All right, that's what I thought. I, I knew, I was like, it's. I don't know, in my head, I was, I was like, it's probably 10% of, you know, whatever they tell you it is that's actually, you know, the, not the same person being counted more than well, once kind of thing. And and I could be wrong there. You know, when I first got on Spotify, some people in like Discord and shit, they claimed that it, it would count someone who listened twice. If they listen twice, they're a monthly listener. But if they listen once, it doesn't count them at all. But I just know when you look at Spotify for artists and you look at how many monthly listeners, and then you go look at your streams over the last 28 days, it really seems like if you add up that number every day of the stream, it gets really close to that other one. So I think that's what they're doing. In my opinion, I don't really know. But yeah. Spotify theories, folks. You only get them here. There you go. Um, But yeah, so those numbers are very misleading. I mean, there's people have a bunch of them. There's people have very little, and the talents couldn't be further from you know what those numbers say. So it it is a dumb thing. I personally only care about followers, and that's not even something people can normally see, Um, you know. But if I'm growing my followers, I feel pretty good. Um, Yeah, then those are the people that can see your shit, you know, as it comes out, and you know they get those alerts and emails and shit. Like I get a shit ton of emails, (laughs) right. Exactly. about you know artists coming out and I, I think that's cool for marketing when you got a list of that that's building up people that'll actually hear about your shit coming out whether they go listen or not you know that's up to them but at least you know they're hearing about it right all right who's your number two 
All right, number two, ah, and there's a trend of dead rappers on my list too, but whatever. Uh, next one is DMX. Uh, he was the probably the first rapper after Tupac died that I kind of got heavy into. And by heavy into, like, you know, I came up in the era of CDs. And if I, if I go buy a CD, like, I'm wearing that bitch out. Like, it wasn't, you know, oh, I'll play my favorite song or, you know, I'll play it through once and then I'll sit it down like, like that some bitch was on repeat or until until I bought my next CD kind of thing. Like it, it's not like with streaming where you can kind of jump around and, you know, go to stuff at will. If I was going to take the time to, you know, switch out my <laughs> CD player or, you know, at one point I had a stereo that had the five disc changer. It might have five of just the same rapper, just five different albums. You know, it's so when I got into shit, I got in shit heavy, you know, learning every word type shit and, to the point where I could hear the end of a song and I know exactly what song was going to come after that, you know, that kind of fandom, if you will. But I enjoyed his shit. Um, he definitely had a, you know, more street gritty thing, which I think I enjoy. Like, I, I really enjoy the street gritty stuff. I don't necessarily want to be in it hearing about it. And I guess kind of the reason why I enjoy action movies and, you know, shit like Snowfall and I, why I probably like The Wire. Like, I enjoy hearing about stuff like that and seeing it. Doesn't mean I necessarily want to do it, but, you know, doesn't mean I can't like it either. Um, so, of course, when, you know, when he died, I went back and, you know, re-listened. And it still hit the same way. That's how I knew. I was like, okay, I'm definitely really a fan because I didn't go back and listen to it and go, ah, well, this ain't as good as it was when I was younger. Like, I, I still felt the same, hell yeah, as I'm going through each album. So, yeah. Uh yeah, I like DMX. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I Napster some DMX songs, shit like that. You know, I was a huge, huge uh, Jay Z fan as a kid, so that kind of warped everything. You know, like a stan, if you will, and uh, where I was like, yeah, DMX is cool, but he ain't Jay Z. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I was just dumb like that. <laughs> and um, but "Ain't No Sunshine" was one of my. It's probably my favorite DMX song. You know, like that's the one. Um, yeah, that I go back to. It's probably I listen to the most. I wish I'd. Spotify for my entire life, and so I could see like the stat, like you know, keep stats for you, your whole life of what you listen to. I think that'd be interesting. Um, all right, my number two is um, a rapper kind of in the vein of like the Code of the Friend stuff that I've, I mean, it's, that's my favorite rap music these days is are those like real nostalgic, chill beats with a kind of casual flow, rapping about some real shit, you know, real simple shit that's been my thing lately. Uh, but anyway, stuff. uh, in that vein, uh, this dude, Curtis Roach, spelled uh, normally Curtis and Roach. And uh, the first song I heard from him was uh, You Got It. And then the Bamboo Lounge is the, probably the most recent song it says I've liked, according to this thing. And um, anyway, I just think he's really good. Uh, very smooth. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, if I just hear one, I'm like, oh, heart in that shit. You know, like uh, definitely in the vein of just shit I'm into these days. Curtis Roach. Yep, I see him on here. So yeah, you are not the only one, buddy. Yeah, there are a lot. Yeah, he's up to half a million monthly listeners. So again, we don't know how the numbers factored, but um, got a lot. Still pretty damn good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's all those fucking uh, features he has, you know. Anyway, um, all right. Who do you got as your number three? All right, number three. Uh, I'm gonna go with Eminem. Uh, definitely. I unlike most people, I did not like his first song. The uh, how my name is. I actually remember being in. Ah, fuck, I know I was in high school, and it had to be. 
I switched schools I would to go call to 11th grade. His so first... it was my ninth or 10th grade year is what I feel like I remember. Right. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I just remember for some fucking reason, we, whatever class we were in, it was on MTV or BET and that song came on. I remember watching the video and being like, hi, kids. Do you like primates? I, I don't know. Whatever the fuck the first line was. And I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I don't like this at all. Um, but then I actually ended up listening to the album and I was like, okay, well that, that song doesn't represent anything as far as like what he can do. Like that's just kind of, you know, those, all those singles he put out were always kind of in their own box, but then the other shit he did didn't really relate to him. At least the way I listened to it, like all his leading singles never really told the story of what the actual album was and what type of songs you would get. And so after I actually listened to the albums, I, I really fuck with it. And nowadays it seems like a lot of people, they downplay the fact that like he can rap and he's really good with words. They're like, yeah, that's all he can do. I'm like, what? isn't that the point? Not to be really good with the words. But they're like, yeah, but, but he doesn't, he's not deep enough or some shit like that. That is usually the narrative. And I, I just don't personally need him to be deep. I like the fact that he says cool shit in a cool way and he can fucking rap. Like, that shit goes far enough for me, I guess. Like, it's like nowadays it's, people want more than just being able to rap, but then they'll love people who can't necessarily rap and just, but do make songs that are good structured songs. Like, he's never been the best with hooks, but his fucking rapping's great. And when he's got a featured hook, the shit goes awesome, in my opinion. So I fuck with him. Uh, anytime he comes out with a project, at least get a couple listens from me. Um, yeah. You know, as far as on the mainstream side of things. I mean, I enjoy Eminem. Uh, I went through uh, throughout my life a lot of back and forth feelings on how much I like him because white rap fans love him, you know? And so like uh, most people I knew that liked Eminem, like, I mean, that was the only artist they listened to, you know? And so <clears throat> I wasn't like that. You know, like I had, I listened to a lot of rap music. So I just, I was never as much of a fan as like other people I knew, but I was like, yes, he's very good. And now that I, I rap and I write verses, I don't think anyone that's ever wrote a verse could then listen to Eminem and then be like, he's nothing but great. Like, I just, I don't get how other rappers hate on him. I'm like, you have to yeah. li like, how I'm do you fine. listen to that? And you're not just like kind of blown away. Like, and then I'll see some arguments, uh, you know, like there's a guy who he's been on the music podcast before, but he's a friendly on Facebook and he can tell he's not a big Eminem fan, black dude, you know, and he'll claim like all these other people are, they're way better lyricists. And I'm not disagreeing with him. Maybe they are, but it's like the, he's the main chief achievement <laughs> like, that he reached while still being lyrical should count for something because these other people that are lyrical, they would never be able to do that in mainstream. You know, and maybe it is because he's white. A lot of people say, well, he's white. That was his cheat code. And maybe it was once you broke past a certain point, but it wasn't his cheat code of breaking in. You know, like, but it, I, it was harder for him like, to break in because he was white. Yeah, he's white, but he's also white and that fucking good. Like, right. Yeah. Like, I get, like I'm, I'm amazed by him. Like, it's, you know, like I said, I don't have a, a long list of mainstream people who I'm like, fuck, that's, that dude's amazing. But he's on that list. Like, I'm like, shit. <laughs> right. You can do shit. Now I'm, you know, I'm probably batting maybe fifty percent on Eminem songs. Like, you know, if, if you if it just was coming on random from his whole discography, about half of them I would love. About half of them I'd be like, I don't really care, you know. So, um, you know, I don't love everything, but I loved the Marshall Mathers LP and the Slim Shady LP. Like all of his early stuff, I loved. Whenever he started doing the like back like that and 
you know, him always wearing the like superhero costumes and the videos and stuff like I understood like people like that. And all my friends were still buying the CDs, but I was just done. You know, I was out by that time. I was listening to like the squad up Lil Wayne mixtapes and and also mixtapes blew up during that time period. So like I think real hip hop fans were like on the mixtape scene, you know. Maybe that's me. Yeah, and it, he was more. Yeah, he was more still in the commercial line. Like I, I don't think he was ever cut out for the mixtape. I, I can't hear him just rapping just to rap. Even though that's kind of the narrative that other rappers give him is that he's just rapping, just rhyming words. But to me, that's more. I don't know. To me, more like a lot of the mixtape stuff was just rapping just to rap. It was freestyle stuff. It you know it was shit that sounded cool, punchlines, but they weren't necessarily. A mixtape wasn't necessarily about structuring a song. Like I feel like he's he's better at making songs. I don't think anybody would want to hear him like freestyling over somebody else's beat. And, and you like mentioned that, that's not how I would want to hear him. You mentioned the word punchlines. Uh, reminds me, next time you come on, we'll try to talk about this. Of I think you could ask people what their favorite parts of like hip hop music is, and then look at what type of music they make, and then it all makes sense. Like for me, punchlines is my favorite thing of hip hop music. You know, like I know a lot of people be like storytelling and and coming from the bottom and all that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I just, I mean, those songs are great, but that's not what I love. You know. And then you listen to my music, and it's like, what am I best at? Writing punchlines. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you, it just yeah, a lot of people yeah. they like what they can do. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that makes yeah. sense. Um. All right, my third. Or they like it so much that they start to do it. They want to hear it. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, my third on this list um, is something I think I've brought up before on here, but uh, I listen to him so much that I just have to keep talking about, which is Johnny Polygon. Now, uh, yep, he's originally that. from Oklahoma, I believe, and now has, I don't know where the fuck he was, but um, it he's just so fucking good. And it's, it's so genre bending. Like it is, it's hip hop, but it's, uh, you know, mixed with, classical music or uh more of like maybe soft rock alt rock you know maybe even i don't know it's hard to explain um but i just every song i listen to i'm like yeah that's that's it that's the shit you know the the first song i found of his uh quite a while ago was called dead meat and uh you know i thought it was really good but for me now there's two songs i listen to all that's like i mean they're on my daily playlist um one is called one time for science but for science is in parentheses and um it's about uh, you know, you want to have sex with a friend, but you don't want to mess it up, but you're just going to do it one time for science. Um, and it just like, there's so many switch ups and variations in the beat. Like it just, it's so interesting. So like as a producer, it's just very satisfying to listen to. Um, and then the song's good, you know, and as someone who was friends with my wife before we dated, you know, like I understand the song, you know, my like, God, oh, yeah, it's my shit. And then, um, Another song he has uh, is called Easy to Say, and it has this dope sample that says, gonna stop my smoking, gonna stop my drinking. And, uh, you know, some old fucking country song, it sounds like. And uh, it just sampled so good. Like, I mean, it's just one of those dirty fucking uh, hip hop flips that like I listen to that shit every day. It's great. So everyone go check out Johnny Polygon. He should be a huge fucking star. It blows my mind that he is not. Johnny fucking Polygon, check him out. Yeah, and he, has, yeah, he definitely. I'm looking at his uh, Spotify. He's definitely got some. The imagery itself just kind of gives you an idea of what you might be walking into as far as that genre bending type shit. Right, and something which is always cool. I, I mean, I mentioned before, and I know race shouldn't be a big deal. You know, I would love a world where people didn't care about it, but people do. And um, I, I enjoy an artist that you hear and you're not sure what race they are at first, right? And now I'm pretty sure Johnny Polygon is black. I haven't really looked at a picture. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, 
But when you first hear it, it could go like, you don't know, you know, and I enjoy that about songs. And now a lot of people will be like, well, you don't know anytime you hear someone. And I would argue most of the time you can tell, but I don't, maybe that's yeah, offensive. Yeah I, yeah. I wouldn't say you never know. <laughs> I'm sure some people would make themselves offended by it, but no, you, you can listen and be like, like I, that's how I realized I listened to a lot of white rappers. I was like, man, one time, like just back to back, I was like, holy shit, that's, it's another white rapper on my, on my playlist. Right. Like, I, there's a lot of white rappers I listen to. Like, but if you're good, you're good. Like, it shouldn't matter. I agree. I agree. All right. Who you got at number four? Uh, number four, I went with Biggie, a notorious big, another dead rapper. Um, and I think, I think I got into him because of Tupac, to be honest. Right. I don't think I was into his discography at all until the him and Tupac beef, and then it became, well, now I got to hear his shit because I, I want to know, you know, what Tupac's talking about and who he's talking about. And I was like, oh, I like his shit too. So, you know, y'all may not like each other, but guess what, motherfucker, I like you both. So now I'm constantly playing both of your music. And uh, yeah, it's another one of those things, right? There's songs that I don't like as much of his, but I've never heard one of them just been like, oh, I, I hate that song or I don't like it at all. Uh, usually it's more like eh, it's not my favorite one, but let it ride. Um, I I say Biggie's I a lot of his features the, too. Uh, most influential rapper probably ever. I mean, I, mean, I guess you can go back to him before him and say, well, that person influenced him. But and maybe Biggie wasn't the first drug rapper, but I just feel like there was a before Biggie and after Biggie, and uh, a lot of people are trying to emulate the whole I sell drugs and live a awesome rich lifestyle. Yeah, the kingpin rap. Yeah, like I mean he to me he popularized that and then that was the thing up until maybe right now finally J Cole's like being you know maybe the most popular and he's not that type. You know, maybe he's brought it down some but like for a long time this whole be rich and sh- and flaunted it I mean that is what's ran through hip hop since Biggie. And like but and that's another thing. I I see a lot of people arguing over like it's always been that way. And it's like no, there was like some early rap to like they did not at all rap about street stuff or their money like there was those songs that existed um but i do think a lot of people think it started with nwa or something like it just like that's no, and that started. was more <laughs> and that and and that was more a street level but not the boss right boss exactly. level thing like he he definitely i think like he said he started the whole oh I, i'm not just gonna be the you know the one on the on the street you know making the small money i'm gonna be the boss of all of them you know, and I'm gonna talk that ball shit and the rich shit, and yeah, that carried over. So I can see the influence part of that for sure. Um, all right, my my last two, I'm gonna go with here. I just on there. I'm actually just going off of a song. They're basically uh, there's two duos that I've I've come across recently off of just one song that I'm like, man, this shit's so good, and uh, they've made it to my playlist. That's who I'll shout out. So the first one of those is a group. I believe it's a duo that goes by the name of the Tiny Meat Gang. So Tiny Meat Gang. <laughs> and uh they have a song called broke bitch that i listen to um all the time i mean it's just like i said it's at the very top of my playlist uh it's just a a nice uh kind of like trap bop you know it hits real hard and uh they have one line that says girl if you want to get in tune gotta change your whole pitch and that line alone on the hook it's so clean that i'm like oh it's so good and like you know it's one of those it's one of those make your fizz face a little bit and you're like oh some good shit so we'll see what happens to the Tiny Meat Gang, but I really enjoy their song, Broke Bitch. Tiny Meat Gang, it's on the list. Yeah, you have to check it out. Got to check it out. Um, all right, who is your uh, my number five? My number five, you've mentioned him already. I know you said he had a big influence on you. 
I was not his biggest fan uh, when I was first hearing him on the Cash Money stuff when he was just a part of the group. Uh, also wasn't a big fan of, I think there was like maybe one or two songs I liked on his, I think Lights Out might have been his first album. I could be wrong on that. Uh, I don't know if um, it was that he did, 500 Degrees and Running or whatever. You know. See, I think 500 came after, I feel it like was. that came after because he was kind of going at Juvenile was, with the title. Mm-hmm. And, so I, and I, I feel like Juvenile was around for Lights Out. So, yeah, I think, yeah. 500 Degrees, though, is when I, I really started getting into them. And the crazy part about it is it's hard for me to go back because the sound quality back then of Cash Money was not great. Like, I, I could bet, like, this. sometimes where I had to actually, if I got to listen hard to know what you're saying through the beat, I, I hate it. Like, I, I got to know what the fuck you're saying. Like, I need your vocals out front for me as a fan. Yeah. Like, I want to know what the fuck you're saying more than I want to know how hard the beat's going. So his his older stuff, you know, it's a little harder to, with the way he was rapping and to catch everything but then after that everything after 500 degrees was fucking gold you know and i did fall off a little bit once he got more into the auto-tune stuff and then that was you know after carter three it was kind of a lot more experimental stuff which wasn't bad but it just stopped being the shit i wanted to hear definitely carter one two and three um 500 degrees all that shit. Like I, I can just play all those straight through with no problem. And like you said, that that's when he started doing the mixtape wheezy shit, um, squad ups, uh, even the no ceiling stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I enjoyed. So that you know that definitely put him on my short list of you know mainstream rappers who I would go back to and who I actually would call myself a fan of because I, I don't have a problem admitting anybody's shit is good, but it doesn't mean I'm a fan of it. Like I can hear shit. Like I think Drake's good, but I'm not a Drake fan. Um, I think Jay Z's good, but I'd be lying if I said I was a Jay Z fan. Like I don't, I don't go to Jay Z songs and right. just listen to them just to listen to them. I don't do that with Drake. But if I hear Drake song, I'm like, oh yeah, that shit sounds good. I I just ain't gonna be playing it all the time. But right. Wayne, totally different for me. I, I fuck with his shit. Yeah, my definition of a fan these days is if I check out their album pretty quickly. So I would say I'm not really a Jay Z fan these days because. I would say since Watch the Throne, I haven't really cared, you know, but um, so it, it can go in waves, go in waves. Um, I've been a little Wayne fan forever. My older cousin, Rusty, uh, he loved hip hop and rap music and he loved Cash Money Millionaires. Like he just loved it, loved uh, Hot Boys and Big Timers and all that. So I would hang. He was four years older than me and I hang out with him um, in his car. And I just I, I said Little Wayne's my favorite rapper because he was the youngest person of Hot Boys. And that's what we listened to a lot. Right? So it wasn't like that he was really my favorite, but I would claim that. And so whenever he finally did blow up, it was like I was on it from the beginning. Validation. You know? So like I felt cool. <laughs> and uh, like the squad up stuff is my favorite. If someone has, tells me to choose my favorite, it is the squad up mixtapes where he's going through all the last stuff he he wrote and he's ripping the pages out as he's spitting them over, you know, industry beats. And th- I mean, that started his whole de- dedication style where it's like he's going to rap over other people's beats. And that that is really what probably made him the most popular at that time. And um, I loved all that. I remember dedication mixtapes were amazing. Yeah, dedication mixtapes were so good. And then I remember going to uh, nerd camp and uh, this one girl had the Carter and I did not own it, you know, or have it yet. I had some songs downloaded, but I I didn't buy CDs, you know, or whatever. That just wasn't that didn't happen. And uh, she let me just have it basically the whole summer. And I would just go around singing. This is the Carter. So lock up your teenage daughter. Song is, you know, and I was like, oh, that was my <laughs> shit. Like, I loved it. And it's not, it's not the most, it's the way he spits it. 
it's his delivery. Like he just he makes shit that like I said, if somebody else did it, I'd probably be like, oh, that that's not that good. But because he did it and how he did it, the shit was amazing, man. Right. Well, and the Carter Two is probably uh I don't know. It's in my top five favorite albums. Probably my favorite Lil Wayne album is Carter too. Really love that one. Yep. Um, and whenever like Fireman came out, like I know it's hard for people to understand because music videos aren't really. I mean, they are a thing, but they're just on YouTube. And I, and some people would argue that's better. But like when Fireman would come on like BT or MTV or whatever, like it was so good. Like he just seemed so no, cool. He was walking across the campus with his like you know drug dealer backpack, and I don't know. He just seemed so cool. Um, to me, right. And so, uh, I just, I really always love Lil Wayne. And then it did get to a point, uh, this happened with like gym class heroes as well for me, where like Lil Wayne became too big. Right. And then everyone loved him. And then it makes you as one of the day ones feel some type of way, you know, and you shouldn't, but it does. And you're like, I don't know. That's a valid thing that happens. And then, uh, yeah, the auto tune stuff I didn't love. I defended it somewhat because I've used some auto tune here and there back in the day. I don't as much these days. Um, typically and uh, it is fun or whatever and t-pain was awesome i think a lot of people don't remember that and something i think a lot of people forget about everyone acts like jay-z put out death of autotune and it just that was that but what people don't realize or forget i guess no ceilings to me is the best mixtape of all time like i mean it not even close and lil wayne comes out on death of autotune because jay-z on the death of autotune uh says maybe he'll send it to the mixtape wheezy so this is the mixtape wheezy being on that beat it just all makes all the sense and he fucking destroys it he just destroyed it and to me it like validates that like lil wayne can do whatever he wants because he just destroyed that he killed it way better than jay-z did and he'll go and do an autotune shit in a minute too like uh i don't know i just really i've always loved him you know that is will forever be my my favorite um I'm guessing unless something crazy happens. <laughs> and Mr. Carter song too with him and Jay-Z. That yeah. was beautifully done. I thought that shit was awesome on, uh, I believe that was Carter 3. Right, and there's a rumor, um, and I've heard the rumor both ways, that one of them done a different verse, and it was so good the other one made him change it because it killed the other one. I've heard that that Little Wayne done one that. so good that Jay-Z made him take it down, and I've heard it the other way where Jay-Z did one so good, Lil Wayne asked him to do a different one. And now I'm like, well, I just want to hear it. I just want to hear where these... These mystery yeah, I just want to hear every version. Of, I want to hear the Mega Mix album with all the different variations on it. Right, I would play that. Yeah, and then again, something else. Last thing, Lil Wayne, that people don't realize is he did every remix for years, and I love remixes. Like that's the one thing I'm really sad has died kind of in this uh, era of hip hop. Um, but he would do any remix, and he would normally be the best verse, unless Ludacris was on the song, and then Ludacris would wash him because for whatever reason, Ludacris will kill it on a remix as well. Um, that's what I remember the most in my little Wayne days. Um, all right. Yeah, he he definitely he came up hard as a featured artist. Like 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 you said, there's a lot of songs I didn't like until his version came out where he was on it. So I, I got to give him credit for that too. All right, my last one I'm gonna go with. I don't know if they're a real duo. The name of the artist is Shy Gray and J Dot Plaza. Uh, it might be easier if you look up the name of the song that I have here from called Bang Bros, spelled B-A-N-G space B-R-O dollar sign. And this Bang Bros song uh, yep, there it is. is so good. Now, I uh, something else in my hip hop love of history or whatever is I love a do a going back and forth duo rap. You know, like someone says a few lines and someone says a few. And then maybe not even on a yep. strict pattern. Maybe it's one says one line and then two. And then, you know, like I just think that's always so cool. And this is the best version of that I've heard in a, in quite a while. So this Bang Bros song by Shy Gray and Jay Plaza, I would say everyone go check out if you enjoy those sort of 
you know, they're tag teaming a beat because they're the Bang Brothers or whatever, something like that's the the clever line. Um, but that's what I'll leave with there. So add it to your list. Yeah, I don't think there's enough. Well, I won't say there's not enough of it done. There's not enough of that done well. Right. I, I've heard even like with and I, you know, I, I'm gonna go back to my underground shit. Like going back to underground artists, like I've heard underground artists go for it and it just doesn't come off the way I want it to as a fan. Like, like if you're gonna do the back and forth thing, that shit's almost gotta be flawless. Like, right. There can't be any different. Like it's gotta sound like y'all are right there next to each other doing the shit, even if you're not. Like it's gotta sound that way. Right. I think. Uh. I think it, there's a couple methods you could do, right? Like, I think if you just both spit all of it and then the producer's going in and, and cutting out from one or the other, I could see it working that way. But, like, for instance, this song, it sounds like they do a real good job of, like, ask a question, answer a question. Like, and it does sound like they're standing right next to each other. And so, like, maybe, you know, I could see Brad and Coop pulling it off, maybe if they, but even then, their flows are so different, you know? Like, it is, it is a challenge. At least, at least they're to, like, they're together as far as like that kind of group. I guess a lot of times when I would hear it, it was more two artists who were featuring. They weren't actually a group. I think you're right. Brat Sex and Coop, they'd have a better chance of pulling it off than, you know, say two people that have never, that don't necessarily do shit together, just collabing on a track and saying, hey, let's do a back and forth. Right. Like, I don't know. That's, that's tougher to me than the people that work together and can probably go ahead and pull it off together. Like, so for them, if they pull that off and they're, you know, they're not an actual group, which it doesn't look like it, they're just, you know, one would just, they're just featured on each other's songs, then that's cool as fuck. Cause that's, I don't think that's easy to do either. Like, I don't say that, like, it should be easy for anybody to do. I think you gotta, you gotta really have something going with the person and y'all gotta really have similar ideas on how it's gonna go. And, you know, people don't wanna feel like somebody else is writing for them and shit, but you kinda gotta, you almost have to let somebody take the lead on it as far as the topic or else it just doesn't, then it just doesn't sound like it's even the same song or the same verse. Right. Well, that briefly reminds me that we've got to go cause we're going way too long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we went long. On this one. <laughs> back in like, uh, 2010, 2009, whichever one Asher Roth was, uh, in the double XL freshman list, whatever year that was, um, yep. I, I got into all of the, the rappers that were in that year for whatever reason, like Wale and Charles Hamilton and Corey guns. And like, I don't know, just all of them. I was like, these are all my dudes now. And, Corey Guns and Charles Hamilton had this rap beef and Charles Hamilton was like my favorite rapper for a minute, which is crazy because he's not good at all. And I, people don't remember, go back close to him. Uh, but he also was a producer as well. And uh, I just really liked him. And then so him and Corey Guns to squash their beef, they done a song together like this where they went four lines back and forth. And it was called Na 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 or something like that, you know, just in a four times. And I watched that because it was only on YouTube. and I would watch it all the time. I just thought it was so good. So I do think people need to bring back these goddamn duo songs. Bring them back. Yeah, I think there's definitely a place for them for that back and forth shit. Like, I don't know, it just reminds me of 90s hip hop stuff. I feel like that got done a little bit more. Like, you'd always have at least one song on an album where if there were two rappers on it, there was going to be that kind of back and forth verse and not just, you know, you get verse two, I get verse three, you know, and we keep it like that. Like, they did a lot more of those splits. Right, exactly. And I like them, so, you know. all right, man. Well, uh, everyone go check out all of our, our cool music recommendations. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll have you on a couple months oh, yeah. once again. That'll work. Hey, next time I come back on, and I'll try to remember this too, uh, I'm going to tell a story about the time I shot a guy and it was uh, perfectly legal. Oh, hell yeah. I'll tell that one. Uh, Gucci main scenario, if you will. 
There you go. All right. Well, peace, man. All right, man. Hello. Hey, bear, little hummingbird, can you tell what you prefer, rain or shine? Mm-hmm. Hey, there, little butterfly, can you tell me why I cry day and night? Hey little butterfly, knew you as a caterpillar You went from crawling underground, now you fly with it You trying to shut out the screams Cause they be doubting your dreams Avoiding nets as you flutter your wings The hope of the hopeless is so addictive Just like dope is So the world seems focused on your every move They want to do what you do But they can't wait for you to screw up Now they laughing at you Life is like a movie till it happens to you Now it's a dock on every timeline You part of the queue, you part of the trend You losing your friends, you losing in your mind, you crash to the ground, you just wanted to fly, yeah, I'm trying to tell you man, you part of the trend, you losing your mind, you losing your friends, you crash to the ground, and you just wanted to fly, my little butterfly, hey there, little hummingbird, can you tell what you prefer, rain or shine? You make it look so hard just to do the simplest things But that's how you are And really when you stop and think You're the only bird so fly that they're pouring up drinks So who am I to judge? Honestly I relate I feel I try so hard but all I hear is the hate I get love, no debate But all I pay attention to is negativity in my brain As it's always inching through Anxiety and depression got me caged like the zoo This side of me I try suppressing But there's nothing I can do So I rock with it, I roll with it Write a song and smoke a bowl with it Something like I'm so different but I know I isn't in my own dimension My mind a prison, I built a system Trying to get through my sentence My confession is like I had no repentance I'm lost, I'm gone, I'm hopeless I'm fucked, I keep making songs I hope I'm enough Hey there, little hummingbird Can you tell what you prefer, rain?